episode 186 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. All right, he got the gavel, but does he have the power? Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Hahn. Thank you, as always, for liking, rating, subscribing, reviewing, telling your friends, and continuing to subscribe and listen to my pod. I really, truly, truly appreciate it. Great show today. Founding member of the Lincoln Project, Reed Gallen, will be joining me in just a little while. We recorded our segment on Thursday night prior to Kevin McCarthy finally winning the speaker. And, you know, I watched it. I watched a lot of it. I definitely watched it on Friday night when it went down to a, you know, it looked like they were going to adjourn for the weekend, which I think would have been disastrous. I think that would have been the end of Kevin McCarthy. And I guess Donald Trump called Marjorie Taylor Tree Green and she was passing the phone around and these idiots got in line behind Kevin McCarthy. Now, what Kevin McCarthy gave up to become Speaker of the House, we don't truly know as of yet. I am assuming it's a lot. I am assuming that it will be a very weakened speakership for Kevin McCarthy. Um, whether or not that bodes well for the Republican majority. Look, I, I'm placing the over-under of the Kevin McCarthy speakership at June 1. And I am taking the under. I think that there will be multiple attacks on Kevin McCarthy. Now, look, they have a four-seat majority. One guy, uh, George Santos from New York, is in big trouble already. And, you know, people leave Congress for a variety of reasons. Um, They have family issues that they want to pursue. Maybe they get a career opportunity that they want to pursue. Some die. And there are other scandals that force people to resign. Four seats is not a lot. You also have a, a moderate block in there, and there aren't that many of them. Let's be let me be very clear. There aren't that many of them. People keep asking me, why don't the moderates in the Republican Party? For two reasons. One, there aren't that many of them, and two, they are more concerned about being primaried than their general elections, which they think they can win easily. So don't, you know, don't expect any moderates to be switching side. Now, that said, I don't know if there's three or four moderates who are thinking about retirement who might decide that governance is more important than uh, party loyalty at the end of their career. I don't know if that exists in the House of Representatives. I don't know if there are three or four or five or six moderates who are already facing tough primaries back home. Uh, But here's the thing. We've got big votes that are going to have to happen. Uh, I guess the first one will be in September when they're going to have to fund the government again. And there's a debt ceiling vote looming at some point in 2023. The renegades that held up the speakership don't want any of those things to happen. They don't have a governing philosophy. Let me let me be very clear. Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert do not have a governing philosophy. They have a power for power's sake philosophy. They have a how many clicks can I get? Can I be on Sean Hannity tonight? What do I have to do to be noticed? For what reason, I don't know, Uh, but that is their philosophy. It's not a governance philosophy. So it's going to be a wild show in the House of Representatives uh, for the next couple of months, maybe for the next two years, probably for the next two years, because, you know, barring some switch of moderates that 
hands the gavel to Hakeem Jeffries, who gave a brilliant speech after the vote was finalized. Remember, it is tradition in the House that the minority leader hands the gavel to the Speaker of the House. Uh, it's a great tradition, quite frankly, and uh, one that I, uh, I I truly adore. And I thought his speech was fantastic. I thought Kevin McCarthy was actually witty, saying to Hakeem Jeffries, uh, I just want to let you know that I got them. I got a hundred percent of the vote of my caucus two years ago, which was, I thought, clever. Um, so we'll see. I don't think he lasts. Uh, I think he sold his soul to the devil, and the devil is going to make him do things that uh, are ultimately going to lead to his demise. They almost led to his demise already. He's been selling his soul. Look, as you, if you're listeners to my show, you know I have no love for the man, none. So uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a short-lived speakership. All right, I'm going to get right to my guest because he's a good one. So uh, Reed Gallon, Lincoln Project, take a listen, and I'll be back to wrap up the show. I'm Chris Hahn, the Aggressive Progressive. Check out a new episode of the Aggressive Progressive podcast every Tuesday. You know, the election is heating up just as the year is winding down. Stick with me. I'll tell you the truth as I see it. Download the Aggressive Progressive on Pandora or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm really happy to bring Reed Gallen back here into the show because Reed Gallen was one of the first people I told. I said the words Kevin McCarthy will not be will never be Speaker of the House to uh, about a year. I don't know if it was a year ago or two years ago. I can't remember. But Reed Gallen, one of the founding members of the Lincoln Project. How you doing, Reed? I'm well, Chris. How are you? Good. Happy New Year to you. So, I mean, I've been rambling on for the last hour uh, about the chaos in Washington. And I, I just believe that when you send nihilists to Washington, this is what you get. Uh, I, I'm really interested because you guys have been, you know, the Lincoln Project has been as brutal as any organization on you know, not just Trump, but on multiple levels of Republicans. And you are all former Republicans for the most part. Uh, what do you make of this? Well, I, I think you're right. You know, there's a there's a part of this that says, you know, if, if you're going to make a deal with the devil, and that's what the Republican Party did writ large, uh, you may get what you want in the short run. But remember, you still owe him your eternal soul and face eternal damnation mm. uh, at the end of it. Um, and, you know, McCarthy is the ultimate, you know, D.C. guy. Remember, he's been around a long time. He was, you know, promoted up through the ranks of leadership, not because he was ever very good at being, say, the whip, right, responsible for, um, you know, making sure that, you know, that members voted the way they were supposed to, but that on the back of his ability to raise money. Um, and, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, you know, whether or not it was McCarthy, McConnell, Paul Ryan, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, right? Raising money's, you know, your full-time job in that kind yeah. of, in that kind of deal. The issue now though is that, you know, that those are his main constituents, major donors like Chuck Schwab or Steve Schwartzman, um, you know, the big the big corporate America types, the the chamber, um, who he doesn't have the constituency of or the rank and file MAGA voters and, you know, these 20 MAGA members. Yeah. And so, you know, they remember, I think you're, the part about chaos is right, which is look, Matt Gates, Paul Ghost, are these people don't care about anything. Nothing. Right? Lauren Boebert, they, they care about nothing. They are absolutely nihilists. And so the chaos is the game. That's what they want. Right. And so if they can make McCarthy 
swing, right, as long as they possibly can, that's fine with them because they don't care anyways. Governing has never been on their docket. And if Matt Gates ends up as chairman of the Armed Services Committee, all the better for him and the joke's still on Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm, look, I'm watching this and I'm both laughing and crying at the same time. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worried, like, what if there's a natural disaster, you know, before this gets resolved and we can't appropriate emergency funding to people in need in this country? What if we need to... You know, what if there's something Congress needs to engage in? And, and quite frankly, part of me says, well, even if they did organize, they might not be able to get bills through that Congress anyway. Yeah, no, look, that, I think this is, this is the second part, which is this is just the beginning of the chaos. If the Republicans are able to actually elect the speaker, whether or not it's McCarthy or whoever it is, remember that they've, the, the, they only have a nine-seat majority. Yeah. Right. And they they've already said that they want, you know, one person to be able to, quote unquote, vacate the chair. Right. Which means bring a motion to overturn the speaker. Right. Um, they've already said no more funding for Ukraine. They've already said that they'll shut the government down before they raise the debt limit. Right. Uh, and if, if they're going to make a deal on the debt limit, that they want significant you know, cuts to things like Social Security and Medicare. They want, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop and you know, a colonoscopy of the FBI and the CIA. So, like, this is the beginning, right? The clown car is just revving up. It hasn't even left the driveway yet. Is there any way out of this? Like, is there there any, like, you know, I always muse, like, maybe there's 20 or so reasonable Republicans who don't want anything to do with this, who maybe are, you know, planning on retiring anyway because they'll they'll get primaried if they make a deal with the Democrats, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, is there any way out of it? Uh, I mean, I think that, well, I think there's, let's talk about the Republican conference for a second, as it currently stands, right? 222. Right. 132 of those people, Chris, voted not to certify the 2020 election, right? So, you know, all the 200, the 200 people behind McCarthy, like, they're not great people either. No, I, I've been listening to their speeches nominating McCarthy. Right. And they're, you know, they're talking about 86,000 IRS agents, which is the bogus claim they make. They're right. talking about all these all fake things. Yeah. So, look, they're all they're all beyond broken in, in this capacity. But let's just talk about your thing about whether or not there's, you know, 10 or 50. They really only need 10. Right. right? Um, 10 Republicans to go over. You could find them. Um, I think, you know, Don Bacon from Nebraska seems to, you know, seem to be the one even even before the new year that was potentially interested in doing that. So you could find those people, um, you know, and, and, you know, maybe they get a, a plum chairmanship and they get a set of rules that Jeffrey says, OK, you know, Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader, yep. says, OK, I'll be speaker. But you know what we're going to do? We're, you know, we're going to do some sort of thing where in order to abide by these people who have come across. Right. We're going to do spending bills. We're going to do basically the, the, the bare minimum of of governing. Right. For these two years. Um, but I think that the issue then becomes, yeah, you know, that the the um, well, we're in another another upheaval. Right. And the wackos on the right will go crazy. Maybe that's OK, because they're just illustrating who they are even further. Right. Um but at this point, I think anything goes, Chris. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I think we have to get out of this idea that every time something like this happens, it's surprising. 
it's new. It's different. Now we're into, you know, McCarthy's now failed a 10th time. Right. Or the Republicans have failed a 10th time to get a speaker. Now we're going back to the Civil War era yep. kind of thing. Yep. None of this should be surprising. Right? Yeah. Shocking, but not surprising. I mean, it's it's ugly to watch, but I am not. Look, I, I told you. I told you a year or two ago this was going to happen. I didn't think it happened like this. I, I thought that maybe he'd have a little bit more grace and just say, I don't have the votes and not do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, this has been Kevin McCarthy's North Star his entire life. So political life anyway. And and here he is trying to get it. He's, he's feet away from it. And he's not, I don't think he makes it uh, to the mountaintop. I'm, I'm talking to Reed Gallen from the Lincoln Project um, love what you guys do over there. I, I, I that's why I, I'm I'm constantly having you and Rick and others from the Lincoln Project on. I think you guys are fantastic. But I mean, this has got to be giving you guys new motivation to do what you do to kind of reform your old party. You know, look, I think I think there were three stories yesterday, Chris. Um, one in Politico, one in Bloomberg, and one I think in the New York Times about how. You know, Donald, this this once again proves because, you know, Trump had said, yeah, I'm for McCarthy. This once again proves that Trump's grip on the party is slipping. First of all, if McCarthy's his guy and his guy has 200 votes, how does that equal his 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 grip slipping? If anything, you know, it's the 20 who don't want it, who are the Trumpiest of the bunch. The Trumpiest of the bunch. Yeah. Trump doesn't care. He doesn't care. Chaos is his. Is his is his is his mantra. He, that's that's the thing he likes the most, and so upsetting all this stuff is 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 you know part of is part and parcel of what he does, and that's where these people came from. They're his acolytes. But then, lastly, um, you know, again, it's this whole idea. Like, yes, there are the twenty so far who are making life most difficult for McCarthy, but that's because in, in several of them just personally loathe McCarthy. Right. Right. They don't like him and they want nothing to do with him. Yeah. Is it Steve Scalise? Who knows? Right. I, yeah. I, I think so when they the get their, I think my feeling is when they get their scalp, when they get Kevin McCarthy, they will come around for whoever's next. I don't think that, and I, and I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think they just want. To, we did this. We got rid of this guy. I got my victory. Steve Scalise, you know, David Duke without the baggage. That's my guy. He's very conservative, and even they, even if they don't get the rules changes they want, they'll be back to it. So, Reed, where does the Republican Party go from here? Uh, I think it will go further into the clutches of chaos and darkness. Uh, over the course of this year, um, because at, at some point, um, you know, if, if the House is able to organize under a Republican, as we just talked about, it's not going to be it's not going to be better. Right. There's no normalcy happening. Normalcy right. is gone in the GOP. Right. Um, and then and then, you know, the 2024 presidential campaign uh, for the Democrats will crank up at some point. Trump will come out of the den. And, you know, go out to Iowa and go out to New Hampshire. But he probably won't do that until after he sees who's going to be the next RNC chair, you know, at the end of this month, which is increasingly likely it will not be Ronna Romney McDaniel. So, so, Dylan uh, from California. That's interesting. You, you, so you think it's going to be who from California? A woman named Harmeet Dillon. Um, she is a lawyer out there. I, I've been on Fox News with Harmeet Dillon. In the yes, past, and she's you know she's one of those she's she's got the the fervor of a convert to yeah. you know MAGA at this point, and you know the the a lot of the you know, there's 168 you know Republican officials who elect that person, 
uh, McDaniel. Remember that Ronna McDaniel is a Romney, so therefore she is a scion of the establishment. Right. And all the all the crazies know that. Right. right? Um, but she doesn't want to go to back, back to Michigan. Um, but I think that what you're seeing between these 20 people in the House and potentially McDaniel losing the, the chair of the RNC is that I think this is the, the, the base of the party, the activist wing of the party, the ugliest part of the party, finally trying to wipe out the last of the establishment. And these kinds of movements, and this is an authoritarian movement, Chris, they go after the weakest people inside the movement first. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy's, the Ronna McDaniels, and, you know, because they're looking for purification. Um, and then, you know, once they feel like they've appropriately done that, then they'll look outward to the people they don't like. But um, I think that, you know, as, as all that stuff starts to play itself out, remember, Trump doesn't have to be in a hurry uh, to do this. The other, you know, the really, he can wait as long as he wants to run for president. He's already filed his paperwork. He's right. announced he's going to do it. Um, and all he, you know, look, these other guys, they're all conventional politicians, guys and gals. Yep. They have campaigns. They have communications operations. They have policy operations. They have political consultants in Iowa right, right. and all this other stuff. Trump has an airplane and, a, and an empty field. Like right. That's basically all he needs. That's all he needs. And and he'll kill them all, right? You know, he's, I hear all this, you know, you know, we see these polls that say that people like Ron DeSantis. To me, this Ron DeSantis is really running for president. People are not going to like Ron DeSantis. They're not going to like him more than Donald Trump in the Republican Party. The question I have for you, though, is electorally, like, I get it. I see this infighting and it just be, you know, replacing it with MAGA. But, you know, how is that going to help them politically, nationally? I just think it digs a deeper hole. I mean, it says to American people that you can't send any Republican to Washington because they're all going to just fall into that trap. Um, that that I hope is the case. And I hope that is what individual voters in key states around the country are taking from this. And we saw it a little bit in twenty. We saw it, I think, more so in 2022 with the election of Democrats like Katie Hobbs in Arizona, Tony, the re-election of Tony Evers and Gretchen Whitman yep. in places like Wisconsin and Michigan, and the election of Josh Shapiro in Philadelphia, or excuse me, in Pennsylvania, where they all got what I would consider to be comparatively significant support from Republican voters. Without a doubt. Between 4 and 7%, sometimes even higher than that. Um, and so I think that there are Republicans like I used to be who are sick of the of the of the clown show of the chaos. Um, but we should not, you know, underestimate that you know Trump is Trump, and you know he's he's like a zombie, right? You think you've killed him, and he comes back again. Yeah. Um, and so I think that we shouldn't underestimate that uh, you know in the coming two years, Republicans will do everything they can to tarnish Joe Biden. Um, to you know, really continue to inflame those culture wars that they that they just adore. And look, these people. I mean, Chris, as I, I mentioned, this is a movement, and these are people who are relentless. They are well financed, right? And they see the fight as existential. They see this fight yep. right, at the core of the core as their way of life. Their way of life is slipping away from them. It's being taken away from them. And I believe, in some cases, they'll do anything to prevent it. Yeah, but it's not. It's like fake. It's the, their way of life is not being taken away from them. That's the thing that drives me crazy. At what point do they re, they wake up and say, "Oh, nobody's come for my gun. I still have my freedom. Nobody's forcing me, uh, you know, to get to a gender reassignment surgery." Like, at what point do they wake up to reality? Um, I would say this: if if Trump is nominated and loses again, 
I think you could start to see some of that. Hmm. Um, because, you know, with these movements, when the leader is either gone, um, you know, from, from this mortal coil or gone politically, um, you know, the, 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 the movement starts to splinter. Yeah. Um, and there are some, and, and there's, there's even research on this, uh, that some people do have sort of like a Rick Van Winkle effect of, they sort of snap out of it and they're like, what was I doing? What yeah. why was I doing this? God, these yeah. people are idiots. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think you had some of that in Pennsylvania last year and Arizona and Georgia. And uh, I think that's, that's there to simmering. It's, you see parts of it. I've heard some of that from some of my Republican friends, even this week telling me, I can't believe these people. It's, it's amazing to me. So I got to ask you guys became uh, celebrities the showtime, I mean, not just, you know, Rick Wilson and, and some of the others that are always on TV, but all of the Lincoln Project kind of hanging out like a real world political style uh, on showtime. So so tell me how that came about and how did you feel about it? Uh, you know, it's just it was. Oh, gosh, this was now uh, it was the late summer of 2020. And, you know, if, if you had told any of us that the thing was going to take off like it did, you know, that spring. I don't think any of us would have believed it, but somebody approached us and said, hey, we'd love to to document these. Really, was the last eight weeks uh, of the campaign. And so, you know, uh, you know, several of us had camera crews following us around morning, yep. noon, and night. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's weird, Chris. It's a little bit surreal to see yourself like that, right? Um, I think it, it does remind you that the camera, if if it's going to sit on you for hours and hours on end, one, you really do forget it's there. Yeah. Uh, but second, that it really doesn't lie. You know, it's uh, as you can imagine, I don't have much of a poker face to begin with. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot of uh, pretense to, to my personality, right. better or worse. So you probably saw who and what I am. But uh, I would say this is that if, if you're if you if you have the op- option to be a subject of one of those things, really take a hard look at it, because. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting in the moment, but then you see, you know, five hours of it, you know, over the course of however many months and, you know, they, they, they shot and then they clip, they cut it up and you're sort of just, you know, just riding out the wave. And so, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, we've gotten some positive reaction. We've gotten some negative reaction. But the truth is, is that if you loved us beforehand, you still seem to love us. And if right. you didn't like us beforehand, you still don't. And that's, so, the, that's the way it is with anything, right? That's probably as good that's, you, that's probably as good as the results that you can get. And, and I watched it. I, I came across it on Showtime. And I said, I got to watch this because I, I had a couple of you guys on my radio show over the years and really enjoy the work you do. I mean, I think you guys do great work. Um, and, and I really, I also like people who aren't afraid to evolve, you know, and say, look, you know, we, we've changed, we've changed our mind. We're not going to just be on this team. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. Like if, if George Santos was a Democrat, I would be out there, you know, crying for George Santos to, to be gone. If Donald Trump was a Democrat, I would not have supported Donald Trump. I would have been, you know, the, uh, the Lincoln project of the Trump, you know, of, of, of the Democrats. Right. But it, it, I love watching people who evolve and who are self-realized and understand, you know, that, you know, we've got to do something about this. And, and, you know, I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, the, the parts I watched, I thought, it, I thought it was great. And I enjoyed, I think you guys were having fun. Anything wind up on the cutting room floor that you were like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> if there were, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> Come on, man. It's on the radio. Nobody could see it. Uh, so I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't know. You'd have to ask the editors about that. one. <laughs> good, good stuff. Good stuff. So, all right. In the few minutes I have left with you, 
I, I think now that we are in 2023, I think it's uh, the right time to talk about 2024. God, God help us all. And uh, obviously, we talked a little bit about Donald Trump's run for presidency and that there's a cast of characters that are going to come after him and, and, you know, try to unseat him, which I think will, you know, suffer the same fates as, you know, Jeb and little Marco and, mm-hmm. and the rest of the, the clown car that tried to attack him the last time. But what do you think is going to happen with Biden? Uh, I get asked a lot. I think if he wants to run, he should run. I think he, he he's owned it. I, I know he's older. Uh, I'm older. You're older. We've we've lost a few miles per hour on our fastball, I'm sure. Uh, but I think that he's gotten a lot accomplished. Uh, but what do you think? What do you think is going to happen on the on the Democratic side of the aisle? No, look, I, if I think the president will run for reelection, um, I don't think there's anybody there, of the eight billion people on Earth. There's only one person who can tell him no. I think it's Dr. Biden, and I don't get the sense that that's where she's headed. Right. Um, and so I think he will run for reelection. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, as he's sitting there behind the resolute desk, um, first, again, I don't think anybody can tell the president of the United States they can't run for reelection. I agree. Secondly, um, I think that he's, 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 he's sizing up not only his place in the world, uh, both, you know, literally and politically. But he's also saying, I think Trump's probably going to beat these guys. I'm the only one who has beat him, and I'm probably the only one who can. Mm. Um, and I, I would tend to agree with him, because uh, if if President Biden did decide to step aside, um, I think you would see a situation in which you'd have a very crowded and contentious uh, Democratic primary field that I'm afraid would probably be pulled significantly to the left by that party's own activist class. Um, and I think it would make, you know, I, uh, it would make either a Trump or another Republican, uh, not maybe more likely, but at least give them a better chance to be elected in two years. And I don't, I don't think we want that. Mm, that's a good point. I, I mean, you don't think somebody like a Gretchen Whitmer uh, or Josh Shapiro, for, I mean, Josh Shapiro's only been governor for a week and we're already talking about for president, but I mean, Gretchen Whitmer has turned Michigan around. I mean, she's taken majorities in their legislature. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think she's somebody we should be looking at. She said she absolutely will not be running for president in 2024. But, I, you know, until somebody comes to her and says, come on, you got to do it. I, I don't know. I, I do think. Yeah, I mean, the, no, good. The other part of this. No, the other part of this, too, is that I really wish um, that we could get back to a place. And maybe this hasn't been true for. Uh, a long time. And in fact, if you go back to Abraham Lincoln, he said, you know, God help the man uh, for whom the presidential grub starts to eat at. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and so, you know, maybe it's always been there are too many people who believe that they could run. But the truth is, is that I hope that, um, you know, we get to a place where you don't have 12 or 14 person fields, right? Where, you know, again, a Gretchen Whitmer, you know, I think she would be a great candidate, but I think she's also a great governor of Michigan. Absolutely. Your point, Josh Shapiro just took office. Let's let him be governor for four years. Yep. These are and they're all really compare. Listen, compared to the group of people who ran for president in the Democratic side in 2020, this is they're a bunch of spring chickens, too. Yeah. Right. Um, comparatively. So I, I don't think that there has to be any hurry. I think that there are, you know, there are people in Washington who I think, you know, have their favorites. Um, and, you know, really, you know, there's the angling and all that. But I think that, you know, patience is a virtue and not everybody gets to be president. I mean, that's a, the, the craziest thing to me, you know, Chris, is if, if you let's say you go back to 2016, right? You had, you know, 16 people running for president. 
on the Republican side, you had five or six or seven or whoever it was, let's say 25 in all. Right. right? One person got to be president, right? Most of these people fail. Most of them never even get close. Right. And so I would hope that once in a while, some of these folks would take a little bit of a closer look when they look in the mirror and say, you know what? I I love being, I I want to be the best governor I can be. I want to be the best United States senator I can be. Uh, Instead of saying, okay, I just got elected to something. Now let me see if I can go be president. Right, 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 right. Well, that's a good, that's a good, good way to put it. I mean, I think that you're right. I think people need to do their job and they need to do the best they can at that job. And then, you know, hopefully the opportunities for them to move up in advance occur. And like you said, not everybody's going to get to be president, right? We only had uh, 46 of them uh, so far in this entire history of this country. Well, that's the other part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 250 years in, we only got 46 of them. So, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's, this is, it, 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 it has become almost a parlor game, even for the people who are playing it, right? Okay, maybe I can write a book or I'll get a deal on TV or whatever. Right. And I think that was what Trump's interest. I think Trump's original intention was to get a book deal or, you know, a a bump in his salary at The Apprentice or whatever the hell he was trying to do. I don't think he thought he was going to be president. And I think that's why he was so outrageous. And then when it started working, it became something he couldn't control. I I mean, you know, it was widely reported that when he won, Melania Trump cried. Right. I, probably- right. I mean, I remember just just to take a step back in time, I remember the week before that 2016 election, I had a lot of friends, younger folks, you know, at the at, you know rep- various Republican committees, the RNC saying, hey, you think you can help me get a job when this is over? It's going to be such a blood. I said, I'll see what I can do. A lot of those people, Chris, ended up in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. week ahead of time, they thought they were going to be looking for a job. And the next thing you know, they're working for the worst president in history. And Jim Comey, man, he screwed it up. I mean, really, honestly, he had to put that letter out a week before they do. It was over a week before the election. It was over. The Republican Party was demoralized by this. And then that letter came out and it changed everything. I mean, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but no, I don't I think, think you're right. And I because it because it gave enough of those Republicans who who could hold their nose and vote for Clinton an, a, a reason to say no. And the Democrats who were never going to vote for Trump, but maybe were lukewarm on Clinton, say, I don't want anything to do with either of them. Right. 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 Uh, such a disaster for no good reason. Do you, so what do you think he's going to start campaigning? Because, you know, it's kind of weird that he makes a big announcement and it's like trading cards. Yeah. Um, again, I think he can wait as long as he wants to. Um, I would venture to say probably by the summer. Uh, he gets out there again, just, you know, the, the, the sort of, you know, Iowa circuit, the New Hampshire circuit, the South right. Carolina circuit. Um, but the, it's, you know, in, in a situation where you have, and it's so unique to this party in this time, uh, you know, the re- if Trump didn't exist as a quantity, you know, there'd be seven people already running. Yeah, exactly. Um, they'd already have offices. They'd already be flying around. Press scores would be forming everything else. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really putting a delaying function on it. And, you know, if, if he wants to, he could wait till June, right? I, I think he waits until, I think he waits until, uh, somebody else of, of, of stature announces that they're running. I think that's his key. That's when he starts getting out in earnest. Yeah. And, and it very, and look, you know, I, I would venture to say, Chris, in the first six months of this year, the DOJ is likely to hand down an indictment. Yeah. And the only reason I say that is because we were just talking about the stuff with Comey is they'll want to have some distance between that announcement and that filing and the first 
primary or caucus, you know, yep. early next year. Yep. Uh, and then that will scramble everything again, because well, that- now let's say you're running against Donald Trump for president. All the activist class is saying, you know, all the magas are saying, you know, he's being. It's, it's know, a witch hunt is what they'll say. They'll scream it. Witch hunt. hunt. Well, read. This has not been a witch hunt. This has been a pleasure. Uh, and, and it went by too quickly. Reed Gallen, one of the founders of the Lincoln Project and a regular now on the Chris Hahn Show. I really appreciate you coming on. Come back anytime. Yeah, listen, I hope uh, folks will check out my podcast, too, the Lincoln Project podcast. Find it on Apple or wherever you get, you get yours. There you go. Are you in search of deeper meaning in your life? Longing to manifest your true desires and unlock your full potential? Look no further than Portal Mystico Podcast, your gateway to treasure trove of transformative tools, enlightening interviews, and enriching content. I'm your host, Elena Maggio, and it's my heartfelt desire to guide you on this extraordinary journey of self-discovery. And with every episode, I'm passionate about sharing and introducing you to new topics in self-development, metaphysics, astrology, the law of attraction, numerology, interviews that will eliminate your path and fuel your own personal growth. This podcast is your wellspring of inspiration dedicated to help you uncover your purpose with unwavering passion. Together, we'll dive deep into the fascinating topics and explore endless possibilities. Listen to Portal Mystico on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite platform. All right, that's Reed Gallen from The Lincoln Project. Hope you enjoyed it. Fantastic. Check him out. Check out his podcast. Follow him on Twitter. Follow all the uh, look. I, I like I said to read. I truly appreciate people who evolve. Who say, you know what, this direction we're on are wrong, and and this party that we worked so hard for our entire lives has changed, and now we have to do something about that. I, I think that's a great thing. Um. So I enjoy talking to Reed. I enjoy talking to Rick Wilson. I enjoy talking to all sorts of people from the other side who realize that the party isn't what it was, you know, 20 years ago. It isn't what it was 10 years ago. It's a completely changed party that is dominated by extremists. Extremists who are willing to export their extremism as Steve Bannon has to Brazil. I mean, we see over the weekend that Brazil had their own January 6th attack on their capital. You know, happened on January 8th, but it was very similar to what happened uh, fortunately for Brazil, uh, the Congress and the president were not in session and they were not in their official offices at the time, but hundreds of people were arrested on site, on site and, and others have been, uh, you know, are, are being sought. But Steve Bannon, of course, praised this protest and probably helped inspire it. Let's be clear, right? And uh, Bolsonaro, the defeated president is in Florida of all places. Hmm, I wonder who he's talking to there. I, I Look, this authoritarian wing of the Republican Party is not going away anytime soon. So to the few Republican moderates in this world, time to walk away. I know many of you did in 2022, thank God. And the small Republican majority is solely owed to gerrymandering. But this is a ridiculous thing that's happening around the world. And the fact that there is a guy here who used to work in the White House who is instigating this around the world should be something that 
uh, is a national disgrace for us at this point. And something needs to be done about it. He needs to be held accountable. I know he's been pardoned by the former guy for his fraud against his the former guy's uh, supporters, quite frankly. The We Build the Wall charity, which is a complete scam. Pardoned! America, these people need to be stopped. They need to be shunned from society. Republicans need to walk away from them. You got to choose what side you you're on. Are you on the side of democracy, or are you in? You know, I I I think it's time to stop calling Republicans Republicans. I mean, they call us the Democrat Party for some weird reason, some ridiculous insult. I don't even understand it. It's grammatically incorrect. I think they're the anti-democratic party, or the anti-democracy party. They are not the Republican Party. I believe in a small R Republican form of government. They are not that. They are the anti-democracy party. If we don't win, we don't believe the results and we fight. We take up arms. We get violent. And we export that around the world. That's who they are right now. I'm tired of it. You should be tired of it. But I don't want to scream and shout. A lot going on in this world. I don't want, you know, it's a new year. Trying to leave the past behind us. But let's just hope they're held accountable. All right, don't forget, I'm going to be starting this new daily thing in a couple of weeks. Uh, the uh, We're calling it uh, Chris Hahn's Daily Rant. So uh, check it out when it happens. Hopefully it'll be podcast, but it'll definitely be on a radio station near you. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to a lot of things. But most importantly, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, don't forget to tweet at me, at Christopher Hahn. Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. And of course, ChristopherHahn.com has a link to my email uh, address so check me out there and now I want to remind you as I always do to seek the truth question everyone and everything even me seek the truth I know it's out there and I know you'll find it if you look for it and I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it I'm Chris Hahn thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast